0: With me today are Louis D'Souza and Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And Louis and Anne-Marie are especially glad that they're back in the same time zone that we are because it was getting a little confusing there. I mean, because they're in the UK, we're in the US and oh my goodness. One of these days, the various governments are going to get together and they're going to say, okay, here is the time we're done. We don't have to do anything more. But until then, we kind of have to deal with it. Every six months or so, but, uh, Anne-Marie was commenting before we got started that uh, she was really glad that we're back in the same time zone. And I have to agree with you, Anne-Marie.
1: really, yeah, so much easier,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really does. It makes a big difference. So anyway, we have, uh, once again, a special guest joining us today. It's Dr. Vic Manzo, who hosts the Mindful Experiment podcast, which in and of itself is an interesting topic, just because that's a pretty cool name. So we're going to have to find out more about that. But uh, he... uh he's basically a mindset coach, business mindset coach. He's also a pediatric chiropractor. He's also a speaker. He's also an author. He's actually working on his third book right now as we speak. And he just promised us he was going to have it done by the end of April. So we're going to hold him to that. But in the meantime, we're just going to welcome to the show. So Dr. Vic, thanks for being here today. Guys, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Glad to have you here. And uh, I, I have to start off with the name of the podcast that you host because it's such a cool name. Where did that name come from? The The uh, Mindful Experiment
2: Podcast. You you know, life is an experiment, right? We're always trying to learn things and figure out our way. Nobody really has it figured out. So it is, you know, and the mind is always something that I've always been intrigued by and wanted to learn more of. So just one day I was just like, I'm going to do a podcast. And I was like, it's got to be something with the mind. And all of a sudden, like mindfulness, that's a big thing. I'm like, you know what? Mindfulness, the mindful experiment because you're trying to be mindful, you're trying to, there's so many ways we can go with it, because uh, you think about like, how much can I consume to fill my mind, to live a life, you can also be mindful, like mindfulness practice and experiment what works for you. So there's a lot of ways it can go. And that's kind of, that's kind of how the podcast is, too. It's the whole, that was the vision. And so even with the topics we talk about and the, that I may share, or the people I interview, uh, it's one of those things where it, it, it kind of falls along that arena.
0: Well, it also sounds to me a little bit like the way I kind of have approached my podcast since the beginning, which is that the entire thing was an experiment. Because I'm not sure when you started, when I started, podcasting itself was pretty much an experiment. You were pretty much on your own. Zoom didn't exist yet. YouTube was barely on its feet. You could do Google Hangouts if your machine didn't crash. I mean, there weren't a whole lot of options going on at that point (laughs) in time. Over time, of course, we have a whole lot more. But at that point, it was totally an experiment. I mean, how, how long ago have you? did you start yours?
2: So that podcast I started in uh, it'll be four years. Um, what's say March? So next month it'll be uh, actually so, end of this. It's actually uh, what's say twenty eighth. Actually, it's four four years from today. Wow! Yeah, happy anniversary! Thank happy you anniversary. so much. Yeah, so, but I can relate to you because I had a podcast years ago in two thousand twelve, and it was like you had to call a number, right? And it would record and download, and then you would take the you, you somehow you had a file that would get stored to, then you could take it and upload. So I, I remember those days.
0: Yeah. Well, they were a challenge, is what they were, <laughs> especially if you wanted to have a guest. I don't know how, if you ever figured that one out, the way I figured it out, I, I got a hold of a piece of software that enabled me to tap my own phone line so that I could get on the phone with somebody, tap the phone line, record it, and that way I get uh, an interview on a podcast. But it was, it was pretty hacked together.
2: <laughs> I didn't even take it that far. I just was like, I'm going to make it my own. It was a health podcast, did it for about a year. And, uh, and then afterwards I was like, okay, there's enough of those out there. I'm going to refocus my group into other things. And then, you know, down the road, six years later, we came out with the, the mindful experiment.
0: There you go. And, and have you been doing experiments on the mindful experiment? I mean, is that part of what you do?
2: Experiments as like in, if, like in just life in general or open-ended Ended. open-ended. I like that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everything up and down, yeah, I would say. I mean, it just depends how you look at it. So just life in general, yes. Um, different things that we, you know, when I interview, one of the reasons why I created the podcast was to have conversations with people that I probably wouldn't meet in life just mm-hmm. just because of life or maybe what region I live in. You know, I'm from the United States. So having conversations with people in Australia it's going to be a little hard to meet people unless we're somehow at an event. Right. Um, but learning and and just you know taking that on that literally was it's kind of like I know the names and it sound cliche. To, I mean I'm repeating this over, but um it was it was like literally an experiment too even with that when it came to interviewing people because I didn't start off interviewing people until about four and a half months into the podcast. And I'm like, all right, let me just try this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna have conversations with people. I'm gonna learn from them. They're and 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 from there people learn from the benefit of that also. So it's like a selfish reason in other words.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. Actually, I commend you for being able to do um, the first few months without an interview because to me, that's like, that I, I love doing the interview format. I love doing the co-host format. As you can tell, we got co-hosts here going on. And, uh, that, that's always been a, a really fun thing because of the perspectives and the energy and, you know, the, the sharing and so forth. But just talking into a mic, I give you credit for that one with nobody else around. That's, that's not so easy to do. So kudos to you for pulling that one off for a few months. No, I appreciate that very much. Yeah. That's, that's not easy. I mean, hey, I, I've done it, but I'll, I'll tell you after the first 45 minutes, I'm like, okay. What am I saying
2: next? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you gotta keep them, I keep mine short. So like one of the people asked me like, Hey, how long is your podcast? I go, it depends when you listen on Tuesdays. <laughs> it's, it's about a 12 to 15 minute episode on Fridays. You're going to get at least 40 to 50 minutes on there. And they're like, why do you do two different times? It's because like, I'm speaking on Tuesdays and then Fridays and in interviews. And I only do it that way because I eventually went to only interviews. Uh-huh. And then after two months, the listeners wrote back and said, we love the interviews. We love how you ask questions, but. We also miss having just hearing you talk. And I was like, all right, let me see if I can fit this in the schedule. I'm like, 12, 15 minutes. I can, I can I can, do a podcast really quick with us.
0: Okay. And I guess it's worked out because you've been able to continue with that format. So that's very good. Well done. Appreciate that. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the topics that you explore in, in more detail. What, what, what kinds of things do you talk about?
2: So, you know, it could be, you know, law of attraction. Universal laws is a big one. We talk about the neuroscience of the mind. So what my, the the way I kind of, I mean, I've had interviews from people talking about um, from the aspect of just men's health. We got into aspects of um, deep neuroscience. We have people on there talking about relationships. I've had people talk about uh, every element of life. If you think of life and every element and facet, I've tried to pull up. I've had people who are sex therapists on there and just talking about, how to connect with self? More importantly, right? And I have people who are like, "You're going to have who on your podcast? How does that relate to the mind?" I said, "If you just just be open minded, watch." And we had the conversation, and it fit beautifully for what I what my podcast is about. And so we've had I take vast many I've had business people on there talk strict business principles. Um, it's really just how do you frame and shift the mind as much as you can to to the element of your life and whatever that may be,
0: which is certainly crucial that's really the basis of what makes our lives in the first place so i love the fact that you're you're focusing your attention on that as as a sort of a cornerstone um and beyond that the the, like the way that you've been describing there how each of the different topics kind of fit in in ways that you don't really expect that that's pretty much what my experience has been as well uh that the way i like to say it is by getting so many different perspectives coming onto the show um both in the form of co-hosts who give you know a great regular perspective and then through guests like yourselves who come in first of all i learned a a lot all along the way my listeners listen and learn a lot along the way and i think it kind of broadens the way that we think about things We, we it's hard to be parochial if you know what i mean when you're hosting a podcast with a bunch of different viewpoints just because you got so many different viewpoints and if you're willing to bring in people who disagree with you, who, you know, who give you a hard time about stuff, it gets even broader than that. But that's where you do the learning, I find.
2: No, totally. I think that's that's the missing piece of the element. I had a person on who was an author of a book and he gets I think I think I'm right and you're stupid or something. That was the name of it. And I I love the title, <laughs> okay. right? Isn't that awesome, right? But it was such a great conversation because what we ended up talking about was just what you brought up. And it was all about, and this was over two years ago, and I still remember this combo, because it was like we were talking about the missing element of how we can learn from one another, right? It doesn't have to be one way and another way. It's like we can have our differences, but let's just learn why we like that, what I like at this preference versus you like this, or you do that and I do this. Um, and that's like I think it's a missing art starting to happen more and more in the world especially in the last few years. But it's one of those things where, I have mean, brought it up in my podcast many times uh, of trying to break those walls down and try to stop the divide and start to reconnect and, you know, just be human again is what I like to call it. Yeah, it makes total
0: sense. And then I also have to ask you about the other little credential on your, your, uh, your biography, so to speak, pediatric chiropractor. I mean, does that actually fit in or is that a completely different thing? How does that, how does that work?
2: So that was, that's my, that's what I, uh, I was doing for a living. Uh, had an office. I just moved to Knoxville, Tennessee three months ago. So before that, I was a pediatric chiropractor and I did coaching on the side and I also um, put the podcasting and everything. Uh, my wife and I finally decided after three and a half years to get out of Illinois and go be closer to the Smoky Mountains. Um, but pediatric chiropractor, pediatric chiropractic is what I, what I, what I done working with moms and family and pregnant women and and infertility, um, via the work of chiropractic. And then, uh, I would also utilize nutritional principles and I put, I would bring a little bit of mindset into there, but it was, it was a little hard of a barrier because, uh, people see you as a chiropractor, and when I'm talking about meditation or breath work and how it relates to the nervous system and all that, that's where you know they'll be like, uh, "Hold on, this might be a little too much for me." So I was like, "I can I can bring the volume down." Just let me know where you want
0: to be. <laughs> bring the volume <laughs> yeah. down. That's a good way to describe it,
2: right? Because sometimes you get overwhelmed, and especially when the brain, you have a certain way of looking at something, and all of a sudden it's like way more than what you expected. Brain will just automatically shut down. But my background in chiropractic is what allowed me to take neuroscience and then take behavioral neurology and all these other things and put it all together. Cause mm-hmm. when I teach and speak or I work with clients, I take spiritual principles and a lot of times they're like, Oh, that's woo woo stuff. Okay. Well, let me take quantum physics. I'll go a little bit more heart science and be like, here we go. Here's how that aligns. And if they go, ah, you know, that's just it's theoretical theories or whatever it may be. Okay. That's fine. I'll take the brain then. And where you can't lie. Now I'm hitting like all these different areas. So I try to piece right brain and left brain when I do certain things. It's interesting from what you
0: were describing there too, getting the resistance, just because in my own experience, at least here in the U.S., chiropractors are the ones that are pretty much pushing the boundaries compared certainly to other uh, medical disciplines. Um, I, I think, for instance, of somebody like Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, who has really, really pushed the boundaries considerably. So it's just interesting to hear a story from somebody about how his chiropractic practice they were they were pushing back. They were saying, Oh no,
2: you're you're getting too woo on us. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> it would come up and especially because I have my backgrounds in energy medicine. I used to be a Reiki master and trainer and all those type of oh, things. Really? Okay. And uh so like if someone's coming up and I'm looking at the technology I use, then they're kind of not making changes. And it's just I mean, there's neurological laws, so after a certain period of time, things need to shift. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't happening, I'd be like you know, do you mind if I do a little bit of emotion, emotional releasing or see if there's something going on? They'll just look at me. How are you going to do that? How long does that take? I'll be like, it'll be less than a couple minutes. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to find out exactly what's going on. And it's like a computer. I'm going to delete a file and then you don't have to go through the experiment. And then we'll see how the body processes it through. Sometimes we'll have to go back and revisit, but I will, I have a method of how I can get that information. And then, um, just go through and then some people would just be like, This is crazy. We're gonna do what? How is this gonna work? How's this emotion tying to this? And sometimes I have to I have to tell them when it happened, like the actual time in their life and so forth. And I have to go find that. And they'll just look at me like how did you know I was nine years old and it happened at this event? It wasn't my emotion. And I said, I can go deeper if you want. I'll be asking the body and it says, yes, you can. i am like, okay, I can share this with you. And then I'll, I'll tell them the reason why I say I can share this with you. Cause sometimes people aren't ready for certain pieces of information, maybe a trauma or maybe something along those lines and the brain's still resisting that or keeping that down. Or blocking it out and you can create a whole plethora of things. But yeah, sometimes it can be stuff like that. So if I'm doing that kind of work, people will be like, what the heck is he <laughs> doing? Or what is he like? I don't understand. And, and it's, it's funny too, because I'll get some emotional release and we'll release and I'll say, Hey, in the next 24 to 40 hours, you may become very irritable. You may feel really good. You may feel energized, you may fatigue. I really don't know how it's going to come out, but if you have any of those, let me know. And then all of a sudden next, I'll see them in the next couple of days. And they're like, uh, I was bawling for like four hours. What did you do to me? I'm like, I did not do anything. I just released something that you were ready to release. That's it.
0: Wow. That, that, that is, uh, the kind of description of a practice I would think would be very satisfying, but it's also a little bit on the edge because you're, you're putting people into places they aren't really expecting. I mean, they're kind of going in there for more mundane services and they're getting, whoa, what was that?
2: (laughs) It was always, it was the ones I would do it on that I, I got to know over time. Um, and then that way I can, implement it and then it'll become a point like they'll feel great about it and like can you do that again i'm like you cannot abuse this if i keep working on you with energy work you're going to be drained tired fatigue i'm like and it's not good for you let's just take it a little out of time but yeah So when when you
0: got into this whole chiropractic realm did you do that in part because this, this is a theme that often comes up so that's why i'm wondering did it did, it, did you get there in part because of some experience you went through, I mean first instance Dr. Joe Spencer. I mean his story is he was in the the marathon and he got into the accident and he 's in the hospital and all the other kind of stuff, so that actually led to him pursuing that career in a in a big way. But did you have something that went on that kind of drove you that way? What
2: drove me into chiropractic? I was 19 years old. So I've always been in fitness and health since I was like 13. My mom's a fitness instructor, so I've always, you know, saw her working out, eating right, and all those kind of things. And she always, she was always in great shape. And so I was like, man, that's that that's what health is. So you know, like everyone else, I think when you want to be healthy, you eat right and you just move right. And so I did all that. I studied nutrition. I started at 16 years old, started self-teaching myself like herbology and nutrition, macro, micros, all that good stuff. And then um, at 19 years old, I go. To, I was playing rugby for Arizona State and. Um, and that year, when I first started, all of a sudden, my, de- my health just kept declining. And I didn't mm-hmm. understand what was going on. I had cold sores in my mouth every week. I had acne on my back. Never had acne in my life. Um, digestive issues and fatigue and headaches every day and sensitivity to light. And I was just like, what is going on? So after like eight months of this, just slowly getting worse. That's kind of where um, I remember I was asking my mom, I think I have a blood disorder. There's just way too many systems involved. Um, what do I do? And she's like, well, let's, we'll set up an appointment. It took over a month to get in. But long story short... Um, she was able to get me back into a chiropractor that she's been seeing. Now, she's, she's been under care for 37 years, but um, it's one of those things where she's like, I can get you in with Dr. Frank. And I was like, well, if he can get me in by like tomorrow or the next day, then let's do it. And I'll cancel because I already waited three and a half weeks. And so long story short, she called. She got, him, got me in the next day, and that's where it changed my life. So that's where I got into the chiropractic realm because um, then my whole life turned around in three months. My, I was in the healthiest shape of my life, got down to 10% body fat, which I was struggling. I couldn't get my body to slim down. But um, but then the energy side, I got into that when I was in school, because the philosophy of what I was learning, my chiropractor was like, I mean, he's like, read this book, read that book, learn, you know, study this person. So there was so much rich philosophy. Actually, chiropractic teaches a lot of universal laws. Um, That's why we were very inclined to that. So if, a, if you have a chiropractor who studied the philosophy of chiropractic um, like I've had. There's a book called like uh, from uh, it was Stevenson, uh, Francis, Dr. Stevenson, I forget his first name, but it's the 33 principles of chiropractic. And if you read them, they're all universal laws. They're just laws about the universe and how the universe works and intelligence works and life and so forth. Um, so those are the principles. But when I got to school, we didn't talk about those things. Like there was a huge disconnect. I was learning microbiology and all this other stuff. And I'm like, this is not what I was told chiropractic was about. Like this mm-hmm. is becoming a medical doctor. I don't want to do this. This is not for me. And so that's when I started going into studying energy medicine because I want to understand the deepest layer. And the creator of chiropractic, Dee Palmer, that's what he talked about tone. And back then it was vibration and energy, but it, it was kind of relating to the tone of the nervous system and that how how is it how is it really the tone of the bo- the tone of the nervous system dictates the body. So if the tone if the vibration is I call it vibration if it's higher then the body's gonna be healthier and more vibrant. If it's lower it's gonna be the opposite. And that's kind of where I went in. That's what my curiosity led me to energy medicine.
0: I'm wondering, Louie, because you've been on your own health thing since you were very young as well, and you've explored all kinds of modalities, um, does any of this sound parallel or does it sound quite dissimilar to your experience?
2: As in, like, the the different modalities of, like, choosing different things that I've done and my, that kind of thing?
0: No, I, I was asking Louie uh, because Louis. going to oh, through us. Uh, that's all right. No problem. He's been through uh, his own health issues over the years. He's worked through his own stuff, and so I'm wondering if there's similarities or differences with what he went through.
3: Um, I I started with something called the metamorphic technique, which I imagine you may or may not know. <laughs> Very few people know of it. Uh, metamorphic means change technique, and uh, it's all about tickling the hands, feet, and the back of the head. And that's what my dad said to to me when I was doing it to my sisters. He said, "Stop, stop tickling your sisters." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a very, very powerful technique, especially with these emotional releases that you were talking about. Um, but then, um, at the same time as that, I was learning reflexology, which I'd kind of learned as a young kid because I was, I, I, I had asthma. <clears throat> and they pumped me through full of antibiotics for some weird reason. They never gave me an inhaler. And, uh, I was so sick a lot of the time that, I didn't really know what to do. And I found a book on my mom's bookshelf called body reflexology by Mildred Carter. I still remember it vividly. And I started massaging my own hands and feet and ears and all other things and head. And I started getting better and I was like, what's this stuff? (laughs) Um, and nobody around me was in any way inclined spiritually or, um, energetically. So it was a very, uh, much of a desert and I had to find my way through it and, then I went uh, to Donna Eden. You've heard of her? Yes. Yeah. So energy medicine, um, and I saw her quite a few times in London. And uh, she's brilliant, um, absolutely brilliant. I used her techniques for a long time. Then somebody said to me, you know, if you really want to make this quantum leap in all this stuff, try Jin Shin Jitsu. I said, Jin Shin what? That sounds like a martial art. <laughs> and. Uh, <coughs> Uh, I got a little nurse book, and so I had two warts in my foot, and um, I'd had them for about two years. I'd had a doctor cut one out because it was too uncomfortable, and it just grew straight back. So um, this book said I just got to hold two points, and I held two points, and they vanished within a week. And I was like, whoa, what's this stuff? And I started studying Jin Shin Jitsu, and, you know, I've been doing it for the last 20 years.
0: Really so cool. not so much in the way parallel of, of, of not really parallels of particular techniques, but the energy part is is the parallel between yeah. Touched I, I touched, I touched
3: on Reiki, um, yeah. didn't like it. Um, it's interesting how some modalities really draw you and some don't. It's really interesting. Um, you know, everybody has their own unique path of what what um, they're drawn to, and. Um, what else did you say? So chiropractic. I did a lot of my own manipulations for many many years until I decided to completely stop that and work on the muscles which are caused by tension in them from from focusing on what you don't want mentally. Um, and then since then, <clears throat> and the Igosky um, technique. I don't know if you ever heard that. That is brilliant for aligning the body. Um, his book. By PD Goskiews called Pain Free, brilliant book. Um, yeah, so yeah, there were similarities, um, Walt, but, uh, you know, it, it definitely sounds like a, a different, different line as most of us, all of us are, um, likely to, to, to bump into the different areas, but
1: yeah, it's, uh, it, just it's cool. just
3: great. I'm, 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 I'm really excited that you're, you're able to help people. I just talk, talk to people on the podcast. I don't have any, um, any group or anything that I do, which I kind of like, because it gives me the freedom to really say what I mean. and mean what I say, um, without <laughs> having to bump into anything.
0: Um, and I'm quite well known for that. Louis doesn't mind if he steps on my toes. He just wants to have a whole bunch of other toes to step on. So it's okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the, the question I did want to ask you though, is when you were saying you, you worked out what age, they had certain traumas, etc. Were you doing that with muscle testing, or what, what method were you using?
2: Similar to it. So in chiropractic, you can do foot checks, and they're, they're called neural checks. And you can utilize by just you can use the nervous system to get yes and no answers. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I would just get a yes and a no from the feet, and then I just work off from there. But I've, I've Tell been me trained.
3: How you do it? What do you do to the feet?
2: So I just pull on the, I pull on the feet and I just activate the tendon and the, the Achilles tendon. And then I get a reflex. So if I'm putting a positive into the body, something positive for the body or for whatever, whatever I'm directing towards, mm-hmm. um, the feet will go even. And that's how I program it. And then if I go on, if I, if I want to know, then I just I basically just go, show me yes, show me no. And it's as simple right. as that. And then once I get my yeses or no and I'm locked in, then I can go and go into the work that I do. Once,
3: <laughs> once you got the baseline, you can continue with the interrogation.
2: <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's what it is, right? Because <laughs> I've been trained. I mean, I've, I've done muscle testing. I trained, I learned applied kinesiology while I was in school and I, and I liked it, but I was just like, I ah, just, I want something that's, I wanted something a little bit faster and not have the input of the other person because sometimes they may fight you. You got to give them to the relax. And so there was other ones where you do like the sympathetic test with just moving your fingers like this. And mm-hmm. that wasn't bad. But then I was like, for some reason, I was just drawn to the feet. Like this is so easy for me to do. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of just why uh, I kind of went that route. Kind of like you're saying, to no. have certain things drawn you to certain modalities?
3: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fascinated that A um, you used that and, and, and found a way of doing it successfully. Not everybody does manage to do that. Um, and not only that, you, you created your own variation on a theme um, and, and managed to make that very successfully work for
0: you. So, yeah, kudos to you for that. That's, that's really cool. Appreciate it, brother. And then Anne-Marie, I have to admit, of all the times we've had conversations here on the show, I don't really have any sense at all about what medical or health-related stuff you've got in your background. So is any of this resonating with you? I could have to make it a very general question.
1: Uh, Well, I use a lot of um, oils and things like that Mm. to help me. That really is just something that works for me. And... I'm just thinking the chiropractor, my chiropractor didn't do anything like that. I would be so fac- fascinated if they'd have done that with me. I'd have probably been in there like all the time. But I just know like with my children, when they were born, I took them to sort of just be checked out and just to realign them because obviously after birth. And they both had this awful like crying every evening and it just calmed them so much. So I, I imagine we, we all carry a lot of trauma just through our birth. And onwards yeah. and just ongoing. But yeah, otherwise health-wise, I'm just literally, I've done Reiki and I just remember the first time I did that, I had my feet were boiling, just boiling where it just felt like um, they were just going to toast marshmallows. And then the next time I felt a lot more grounded. So yeah, I've dabbled in a bit, but it's it's also fascinating.
0: I'm also curious to know um, whether you've done, I mean, I, I know you have done some stuff energetically because we have the power of eight group and we've had other things like yeah. that but, but have you done anything on your own or outside of the today that was energetically related kind, kind of off of uh, playing off of what dr vick was talking about
1: yeah just healing kind of myself and focusing my energy like i've got a re- i've got arthritis in my knee and i find that if if i'm in a better space then it doesn't hurt it really doesn't hurt. It literally is linked to my emotions. So if if I am suffering, then I do try and just put my energy into that area. Mm-hmm. And my migraines don't appear to be so bad because I'll try and clear my head. So I just try and clear my body and put the light through it and just the positive energy and push out anything that I think that might be causing pain, causing distress.
0: Okay. All right. Actually, as you were saying that, it was kind of coming home to me. Pediatric chiropractic—that's actually realigned. It's just kind of mind blowing that you know, an infant has to have their body realigned. I mean, Vic. I mean, is is that like normal? Is this like a regular thing? Like Amory says, because of the birth process?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it. When we think of chiropractic, a lot of times we think of the spine but really it's the brain. That's what we really work on. And so like for why, and I always get it, you're a Your pediatric chiropractor. Why would an infant have to see what problems do they have? Mm. Well, when you start understanding, well, there's some called imprints and we understand now that actually the nervous system as it's developing. And while it's in the womb, it's actually picking up on the energies of mom, where mom is, where dad is, and it's taking on certain traits. We know the personality develops in the womb. So those things can have an effect on baby, but then there's also, when they come out, there's there's so many, you know, the brain doubles in size in the first year. After two years, there's certain neural neurons and synapses that are complete, which means now the brain's just gonna continue to adapt and evolve in the next five, seven years to where um it's starting to do what we call neural pruning, where it's kind of like pruning a tree and stuff. It's trying to create its environment of what it needs to adapt, which neurons it doesn't have to focus on. So the job of the chiropractor is just making sure neural develop it neural develops properly um, along that way and making sure the brain is a, the brain is developing at the, is the same as gestational age. So What I mean by that is a lot of times when I work with children, I'm checking reflexes and posture reflexes and those, and there's certain times where they should exist. And there's certain times when some of them should go away and there's somewhere should be active. And when I'm testing, they'll tell me where their brain is on age. So a lot of times I can have a four or five, six year old in my office. Uh, but they're really at two, three, when we come to brain age. And so the thing is, we got to slowly develop the brain to get caught up to that point. You actually have to catch the brain up. Yep.
3: And how do you do that?
2: Just through chiropractic care. So a lot of times, it's just checking the sacrum and pelvis, sometimes lower Mm -hmm. back. And then we check the first bone in the neck. Sometimes I'll do some occiput work or the skull work. Um, I do cranial work, too, on infants if needed, um, depending on what may be showing up. So it's kind of as needed. So it's very individual based. But the main thing is, is we're stimulating that. What I used to teach is the brake pedal or the parasympathetic part of the nervous system. How do we get that to fire and communicate better so they can go and go the rest and grow and develop? That's what they need to be focusing on. And then when they need to have that sympathetic firing, they can, but they'll pull back into that brake pedal or that parasympathetic mode so they can continue that growth and development.
0: Wow. I I mean, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I mean, I've never... In any of the time that I was growing up, I never went to a chiropractor. I think that's probably an unusual experience for most people. Very, very few people actually experience it. But I wonder how many of us were missing something we needed. I don't even know how to answer the
2: question. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can tell. It's kind of hard to see. I have a little peak on my head here. I was a forceps baby. So this whole part of my cranium, my skull is, is compressed. Uh-huh. And so I've done cranial work to try to open that up. But you know, there's a certain period of time when something stays there for too long, it becomes fixated in some way, shape, or form. Um, so, but I always joke with my mom, I'm like, you know, if you, you know, the forceps, on huh? When I was first born and she's like, well, what I didn't know back then, I'm like, I'm just messing with you. But I was like, now I got this where I have to work on and, and I got to deal with this. Who knows what that does? Cause obviously there's not proper circulation, especially in the compressed areas, but just certain things like that, some simple stuff like that.
0: I'm thinking about also the fact that I, this is a thing. I remember, anyway, from my earlier years, not so much when I was an infant, but, you know, my 7 to 15 range. Um, I remember a lot of conversation about mothers shaping the heads of their babies, molding them to make a, a nice shape. I'm wondering, was there actually something to that?
2: Totally. The Mayans did that um they used to um they would go ahead like if you were like a scientist or math person they would try to make more of a square if i'm not mistaken um and and what they'd done that they did studies later on and they looked and with that type of shape the lateral spheres are the the uh, part of the brain what they ended up doing they noticed that that would be more inclined for mathematical skills and things like that uh and, and so forth so there there was there is something to that
0: so if you're a blockhead you're a math genius
2: i along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Louie, I, I interrupted you.
0: What do you have in mind there?
3: Yeah, you said you did cranial work. Is that cranial sacral?
2: No, it's actual cranial work. Cranial, like moving, working with the bones. Um, I've been trained like actually working with like moving and shifting. And but my other, my pediatric training is more in uh, utilizing the breath because as you breathe, even even as, as older you get, there's an old myth that your cranial bones don't move anymore after a certain period of time and that's that's totally not true and so we just hold positions and as you breathe we move in one way and another way and we're using the breath to actually fix what's not the the allow the the cranial bones to move in their proper motion
3: great i want to ask you something else what you what are you a doctor of
2: doctor of chiropractic
3: chiropractic so in america i'm guessing you're in america yes yeah. So in America, if you get a qualification in Cairo, you become a doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I We're know concerned. in South Africa it's the same, but not all over the world.
2: Australia, you're you're called a spinologist and you get you have a masters of chiropractic. I know that, and I know some other parts of Europe are kind of like that, where I think Spain's like that, where you're not licensed uh, or called mm. in a certain way, if I'm not mistaken. Um but here in the States, you know, especially where I used to practice in Illinois or even in Tennessee, we're even considered uh primary care physicians. So we're we you know, I've had patients of mine who uh they would use me be have me be their primary care physician, which just meant if anything goes on with their with their kids or anything like that, they would call me or get a hold of me first and then I would assess what's going on and see, okay. This is this is something I can help you with, or hey, you know what, that mm-hmm. pediatrician you have, go there. This is what you got going on. Get it checked out, and we'll, we'll let, mm-hmm. let give me feedback afterwards.
0: This is interesting. Yeah, it's great.
3: It's great to have somebody who who knows how to redirect people to the appropriate help, um, especially because there is such a great variation and diversity of different groups, and they all have their strengths. And I know I'm fairly good at that as well. If somebody comes to me and says, "I've got this or this problem," I'd generally be able to direct them um, fairly easily to to a modality or, or maybe even a specific individual who would be great for them. Um, yeah. yeah so <clears throat> did, did um, when did you start uh, trying to understand life to a greater degree? At what age:
2: 19 I mean, I probably would say 12, because I used to tell my mom at 12, I'm going to figure out this whole thing called life and figure out how this whole thing works. And she just looked at me like, what the heck have you been drinking? And I'm like, I just feel like that's what I want to do. Um, but my real journey, I always said, didn't happen until 19, because that's where uh, I was born. I was raised Roman, Italian, Catholic. So Catholicism and, and you know, all that stuff was imprinted on me so much. Um, but at, I always had questions, and I couldn't ask certain questions. used to frustrate me, and not that I was trying to be uh, you know, going against something. I just, it just didn't make sense. And I just wanted someone to explain certain things. And when that didn't happen, I started branching out and studying Hinduism and Buddhism and, uh, you know, in different uh, cultures and indigenous tribes and with ancient, you know, ancient stuff too, and tried to put all this together. Like, okay, is it just one religion and that's it? Or is there actually truths in all of them in some way, shape or form? And that started opening up my mind to so many other things that that's kind of where my journey began.
3: I'm fascinated because you are on my journey of a very similar in many respects at the age of eight said to my mom, what is truth, love and God really about? And she went, "Huh." Eh? and I realized I had to find out for myself. <laughs> and, uh, then, then my, I was brought up Roman Catholic as well. So I have, uh, it took me years to unanchor myself from the baggage of, of the belief structure. And it really is strong. Huh. Yeah. It is the, the ties of that were, you know, many years I thought I'd, I'd overcome it. And then I was like, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> now I can go into church, sit down and enjoy the entire process without having any, um, any problems with it at all in any shape. Um, I actually quite enjoyed the idea um, and doing it occasionally. Um, and then, you know, like you, I went into the library and I, I knew it had a lot to do with the mind. You know, the mind came up a lot. So I started studying mind control and all rubbish things like that. <laughs> got quite disappointed with it. Then I landed up with psychology and got totally disappointed with psychology. <laughs> <laughs> um And then, uh you know, I started uh, delving into the occult and the metaphysics and, uh, Different religions as well, um, paths, and then out of body experiences, and all that kind of cool stuff. Self hypnosis, and yeah, it was a, it was a fun journey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Aren't they all right? <laughs> yeah,
3: I took a year off 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 um, studying at university so that I could just find myself. So I I I had a little part time job to pay for myself. And I uh, spent all my time in the library and I landed up with a mentor and after that, everything just exploded. Yeah.
2: And I love how like, even on your journey, there will always be something that comes in that helps you along the way. And when you look back you're like, Holy cow, how'd the heck? Cause like, even Mm -hmm. for me, it was mentors came out of nowhere and it was just like, and they were like just there at the right time or somebody somebody will say something. Like I remember one time I was going to Vegas. I'll never forget uh, for a seminar. And I remember I was like, you know, I go, God, whoever I'm talking to here, you know, if it's this is my path, if this is the kind of way I'm going to do things in my life, energy work and understand these principles and do all this other stuff, um, I, I want to, you know, have a sign or someone to just show me that, that who, the power of what I really have. And I said, just make sure I, I, I can't no matter what, ignore the, the person or the message or whatever comes and literally read a seminar towards the end of the night. And uh, the girl I was with, she was like, you have to go meet this lady. I was like, what's that? She goes, I told her all about you. She was my roommate at the time. And she's like, this lady I met, she, I, uh, she, I told her you're, you, you're in the energy, you're Reiki, all this other stuff. And she's like, she just looked at me and said, you need to meet her. And she goes, and to be honest with you, um, this is what you were looking for. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, her name's Charmaine. Now, nobody knows what Charmaine means to me, but I used to be a, an actual per, a person in my life who passed away. But every time I came home from school, um, it was one of my mom's, it's the reason why my mom and my dad are together. Uh, she kind of forced twisted my dad's arm. And said, you're marrying, you're marrying Lena. That's my mom's name. And that's the end of it. <clears throat> strong woman, very sweet, but very strong and stern. Uh, long story short, um, she was like a second mom to me. So as soon as I heard the name, I go, oh, this is it. And then when I met her, she did all this work. She was very deep into the soul work and all this other stuff. And I was just like, holy cow. And that was like, that was that, that's not just one moment I've had in my life. I've had a few other ones, but it was just like, cool. How it just, it all it just happened. Mm, it was mm, it's just amazing.
0: There's always one thing that leads to the next thing. That's what's what makes all these conversations about uh, spirit and energy and how we're all connected and so forth so fascinating because there are an endless number of ways they play out in life. And those variations, there are similarities to all of them. I mean, that's why we identify with them so easily as we're telling stories and so forth. But the variations also mean great differences in experiences. So... Here, I, am just listening to you guys here talking about your experiences and they're very different experiences. But by the same token, you, you it's really easy to see the similarities between them. There's, mm. there are so many things. It's like, it's very, it's, it's close, but not so close. It's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm also curious to you know about, um, the, the fact that besides being the, the, uh, chiropractor and the podcast coach, you're also a co, uh, yeah, host. Um, I'm sorry, I'm I'm tripping all over my words right now. Um, you're also a mindset coach, and I'm curious how that kind of got started. Because, well, it, it kind of goes with with uh, being a podcast host. Lots of people do podcasts because they're also coaches, so I, I get that part. But I get the impression with you, there's like a different track going on there. Am I wrong about that?
2: <laughs> Starting to get to know me a little bit already, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the whole experiment for me was just I looked at how things were being done. And because and, in the self-help world, in the personal development world, you know, me going through that, I've uh, I, even in chiropractic, like you listen to the leaders of what's a successful chiropractor? What's this? What's that? And, you know, I did it. I'm not someone that's like going to tap into something I, I'll, and then dabble in here and there and then move on. I'll I'll go full steam ahead into something. And I kept hitting roadblocks. And it was like this whole thing about doing, doing, doing. And, my, and I had intuition always telling me. Ah, It's a being thing. Everything's all within you. All these messages I used to get that resonated with me, either through meditation I got those messages or just reading something. And I'm like, we're doing things so backwards in some ways. And so I started – this is where I started experimenting on myself with universal laws that I learned, spiritual laws, all these different things. And I said, if these things are true and if they're a 100 percent and if I do it in this certain way for myself and if I break through these blockages, then I should get to where I want to get to. And after a few years, I was there. I had I, I got the success of what I thought was, you know, what I wanted and so forth. And then I started to go, okay, this is great, but now I need to change this because it wasn't uh, – the success I wanted, um, what I thought I wanted wasn't. And that's when I redeveloped, recreated my whole life as a chiropractor, became a pediatric chiropractor, became certified pediatric, all these different things. Um, but long story short, that's when I was like, I need to help. I want to get into helping people with their mindset. I had, and that's something I've always been intrigued with, with my own self. And so I started the podcast. I wrote a book, had the podcast start. And then four months later, I started doing um, group coaching. And I was like, I'm going to put these theories together. And I'm going to start putting the the concept in a way where I can share with people. But I don't, like, I don't want it to be a cookie cutter like you just go through a system. I want it to be individual to the person. And so I tried to figure out ways and experiment on that. So after four years... I got it down path and what I do is like, for example, I coach chiropractors too. And it's one of the things where, um, I'm not really coaching them and like, I'll say, I'll help you double your profits within six months, but the techniques and everything I do what I help them with has nothing to do with business principles. I mean, I'll share them if they need it, but it's all about working on them and it's just getting to the source of stop doing and start being. And, and it's like ties into the law of attraction and everything else. You can't experience, any, you can't experience anything in life that you're not vibing at. So you have to vibe that level in order to experience it. And so I just teach principles that I've learned over the years, uh, whether through pieces of bits of information all around or through my own meditation, practicing through myself, to tie it all together, to put it under a system to help people understand. If you want to understand some of the rules to life, here are what they are, and here's how you can apply them to create what you desire.
0: So for you, the coaching aspect was more of an extension of your own development rather than I'm going to offer this practice to help the world. It was more like, hey, here's what I'm doing, and maybe this is also helpful to somebody
2: else. It's taking something to where um, I've learned over time and, and putting it through different systems and then putting it out there. And I've tested it with patients I'll, you know, because I saw it in patients. Like I always tell people my chiropractic practice taught me or gave me tools on how to be a coach. Um, because I was coaching people already, you know, through my own practice with their health. And a lot of times, like I talk to my patients about, you know, in chiropractic, we talk about there's three things that cause a subluxation or a miscommunication in that nervous system where the body can't, uh, makes it harder for it to adapt. Um, and that's your physical, you know, phys- like traumas, things like that, chemical, which eat and drink. And then there's mental, emotional. In chiropractic, we always said that 80% of these things are caused by mental, emotional. And so it was one of those things where like working with patients, maybe through mindset work stuff or helping them work through something or change their perspective. Um that was when I started to do that, I could see the results. I had test I had something I was testing, like heart rate variability and technology that's called thermography or uh surface EMG that looks at tension in the nervous system in the spine and is, is the energy working efficiently uh distributed throughout the body. Um, and so we can use this technology and I can see if it's really changing its course while we're doing the other stuff. And so that's kind of where the coaching side started to come in. And it was just putting pieces together over the years where I was like, "Hmm, there's a pattern here. Let me look at this. Well, there's a pattern here. And, uh, so through my life, seeing what I was able to do and then helping some of my patients, then I started to decide, I'm going to write a book on this. And then I want to be able to help people and utilize these principles. And that's kind of where kind of evolved from.
0: And and like you uh, mentioned to us before we started the show today, and I mentioned it at the top of the show, how you're on your third book. Um, So what were the first two all about? And can you give us a little flavor of the
2: third one? Of course. Uh, The first one was called Rediscover Your Greatness. It was just a guide to help people live an inspired, you know, create an inspired and fulfilling life. And so there's just rule. It's the rules of life in a sense. It's a general, it doesn't go deep into each one. Like even in the book, I say I can write a book on each chapter, but it's really understanding, number one, who you really are, that You're a creator. Um, and then I talk about how you create. What is the aspect to it? And it's all through the Law of Focus. And then I break down, like, how words are the fabric of reality, and I get into all those kind of concepts so that you can have a general understanding on how you can actually, you know, create the life that you desire. Um, book number two is called A Walk in the Dark, and that was, you know, I started getting the feeling of, like, I was I was at a point where I'm like, okay, I have a goal of writing 30 books in my life. so. Oh. Yeah. And uh, so I'm a little behind right now in my where I want to be, but I took, a two, I took two years off, but uh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back very strong now. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, you know, everyone, you know, I kept hearing people talking about, oh, you know, challenges or I don't want to avoid pain. It was just, it kept coming up in my consciousness. And I was like, darkness, people avoid the dark. All right, let's 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 go into this. So after meditations and so forth, I want the whole purpose of the book is to understand that the darkness is actually your best friend. You can change darkness to a challenge, an obstacle, whatever it may be. And that the universe is always there to support you every step of the way. And it's gonna bring you things that you need to evolve with. And so your best friend is your darkness. And I walk through that whole process and how can you go deeper into it? How can you sit with it? How can you get wisdom from it? Um, through the art of meditation and guided and, and through breathwork techniques. And then um, I talk about how you create your own suffering because resistance is the cause of us suffering. And so from an energetic standpoint, from a flow standpoint, and so I kind of break that all down to have people just understand, hey, darkness may not be a bad thing. If I can just shift people's perspective on that, we would, we would decrease mental suffering drastically. And so then my third book right now I'm writing is called Decoding the Matrix. And this is mm-hmm. to Unleash Your Potential and to Awaken Your Spiritual Journey. And so this whole book is to break down the programming that we go through, the mechanisms of human collective consciousness. I'm going in, I talk about what really is your potential? What does that mean um, for you as an individual person? I ask questions. So I'm not telling you what your potential is. I give you ideas, but I, I ask questions at the end so that you can really develop what that means because at the end of the day, it's what you think, not me. Um, and then it just, you know, then I'm going to take people through a journey to go through that process. And I use a lot of science, so I bring up a lot of quantum physics, I bring up a lot of visualization studies. It's going to be a book that's blending spirituality with science. And uh, and then I'm going to tie into how to start that spiritual journey and help individuals just start to awaken more. Because that's kind of what we need in the world right now is just not the woke culture that we're seeing around. It's more of just waking that spiritual journey, the essence of who you really are, and tapping deeper into that.
0: Blending spirituality with medicine is an interesting Uh, topic from my perspective, simply because science and medicine, very much the the mainstream uh, section of it, very much wants to stay away from the spirituality side or has actually historically. Although I do get the impression that I don't know if they're actually moving toward it, but they're a little more receptive than they used to be. I think in part because they see some results that they weren't really expecting, so they had to kind of sit up and and, you know, give it some notice. But even there, there's still quite a bit of resistance to the idea that spirituality is going to play a significant role in the healing of, and the well-being of a person. Um, so I guess I'm kind of curious to know a couple things. First of all, in your own practice, your own, in your own experience, um, have you, can you point to anything that comes to your mind about uh, a particular case or whatever, um, where the, the, the link between spirituality and physical scientific, uh, study really did make a, a dramatic difference. Like, uh, yeah, if, if it weren't for tying in the spiritual side, I, I would have gotten this much result, but instead I got that much result, something along that line.
2: Oh yeah. You ever hear of Dr. Bruce Lipton? Oh yeah. A lot of his work is behind that, you know, like your biology of belief, um, just understanding that component. But you know, even just from like, like DD Palmer back the first chiropractor who created it, stated You know, tone is what dictates everything. The tone of the nervous system dictates everything. So if the tone of the nervous system is at a low vibration, it's going to create low vibrating cells. What's that going to do? That's going to create low – it could be anything. It could be health-related. Things are going to be more challenging. The body doesn't adapt as well. It takes – it can't be as resilient to stress as it's naturally designed to be. And that's going to play a huge role. Just from looking at, you know, different aspects of certain – you know, I always go with beliefs. That's kind of a big thing because – if we're not, you know, if we have a belief system that's limiting, um, that can cause things. Or if you have, um, you know, like for example, like breast cancer, for the most part, usually has a blocked heart chakra. They have a blocked energy there, hence why it's so close to the breast. There, um, usually, I find that to be the cause. When I, I have, I've had patients who've had it, and we've done work where I'm like, hey, we got to do some, we got to open up some of this energy to get it flowing a little bit more because there's blockages. That's where that whole concept of resistance causes all suffering. Um, cause energy is not flowing as well from that area, but my book is going to tie into spirituality with science in general. That's the concept. So what I'll be doing, what I'm bringing up is like a lot of things I'm I'm sharing is a lot of the quantum physics studies that have been coming out. Um, there's also been studies of the, you know, when it comes to the power of the mind, how people who actually worked out, worked the actual muscle, um, they did it for a certain period of time. And then there's another group who just did visualization work. And when you look at the end of the results in like eight or 12 weeks, I've shared a few different studies of this. um, You look back and you see that the person who didn't work out or the group that didn't work out, let's say they gained muscle by like 23%. The people who worked out actually had a gain of muscle by 27%. So just the fascination of the mind and how it can actually play a huge role on our own life, on our own reality those are kind of the concepts that I'm bringing to the table when it comes to those kind of things. So it's just like, look at the, you're bringing up Joe Dispenza. When you look at his whole healing aspect and how he healed his spine, he even says his whole story even says that he, if it was a patient of his, he would recommend a surgery. I mean, yeah. right. But yet then here he is, he did the visualization work. And I think it was like eight weeks or 12 weeks, nine weeks, somewhere around there. Um, he went back and all of a sudden the spine was all taken care of. And so, I've I've witnessed with my own self different studies or certain situations like that where where if you you know, like I've I've seen not my own cases like patients of mine, but I've worked with energy healers where there's somebody who has a a grapefruit sized tumor and then right before they're gonna have surgery, it's like a week later, they get all this energy work done. A week later they go and do the imaging just so they can know exactly where they're gonna have to go and everything, it's not there anymore. Wow. And then of course medicine's gonna look at that and they just go, Oh, I guess we misdiagnosed. And I'm always like How do you misdiagnose a great size tumor? Even somebody who doesn't even look at x-rays, who doesn't have, doesn't see them all the time. You'll look and go, there's that white thing there. It just doesn't look right. Just something weird about that. (laughs) Um, But I've I've heard many stories like that, or even with an emotional release, like sometimes we do like there's different modalities I put together. So I don't have like one specific. I've studied like 12 different ones and I just picked my own that I like from it. Um, but I've had patients who've had, like, I have one patient, five, five months, still has back pain, can't put on her shoes properly. She was getting really frustrated. And I said, Hey, listen, I just, all of a sudden, I walked in the room, I could feel everything. And I said, Listen, you have, there's an emotional component here that you're holding on to. I have no idea what this is, but I feel like if you're open to this, I'll do this. She just was like, "Whatever, this isn't working." So I might as well. I'm like, <laughs> it's blocking you from getting to that next level. Let's let's remove it. Long story short, removes the cup. I removed an emotion of energy. I said, so I, had, I was only able to tell her the emotion because some people are like, "What did you release?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, you know." And if the body it says no, I'd be like, "You know what? It's not going to help in the healing process. But you know, let's just you know just trust that we remove some things. Here's what you can expect." Um, Long story short, I get an email that the next morning, and she's like, I was able to put on my shoes with no problem. And then for the next, like, she was at a patient for another four or five months, and she was like, I never had that issue again. How the heck did this happen? Mm. And I was like, it, I go, you know, there's only so much that I know. Like, I don't, I always tell my patients, I don't know everything. And any doctor that says he does, run away because we only know so much. We only know 10% of the body, one to, one to 10%, depending on what you're looking at. So for me to be like, oh yeah, it's exactly this. It's like, no, I know this was hindering this component to allow you to get to that next level.
0: That's really a very astute point that it, that it is such a minimal amount of the body that a doctor really knows. I think it's something everybody has to kind of keep in mind. Sorry, Louis, what, what were you going to say?
3: Oh, I just wanted to tell. We, can we call you cool? Yeah, no not matter call? to me.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. Yeah, I, uh, went to the dentist the other day and, uh, the dentist, uh, found a bump under, uh, a lump under my tongue, referred me to the GP. I went to the GP just because I was curious and, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to see what the whole process was. So they, they sent me to the, the, the hospital with the skin guys and they checked it out and they wanted to do a biopsy and, because it was Corona, I had to have the vax, uh, I had to have a a test before I went in. And, um, the, the lady phones me up on Monday, I was supposed to have the test on Sunday because the, uh, um, biopsy was on Wednesday. Um, so she phones me up on Monday. Why didn't you go for, for your, um, your, your test? You know, we can't do anything else anymore. I said, well, I've got a small problem. She says, what's that? I said, um, Well, it's gone. (laughs) Interesting description. uh, He calls
0: it a problem rather than a solution. (laughs)
3: I did that on purpose <laughs> because I knew I knew I knew she, she wouldn't know what to do with it in her books, <laughs> and she didn't. She was sitting there going, "What?" <laughs> so I said, "You know, I I I can't go for a biopsy when there's nothing to biopsy, is it? It's just not a possibility." <laughs> and you know, as soon as I found out I had it, um, I started working with malachite, the stone, because I work with gemstones as well. And malachite tells every cell what every other cell on the body is doing, and if there is a problem area, the whole body gets together and help it. And you know, I've I've worked and had some great experiences with malachite, which I could go into in great detail, but not appropriate at the moment. But um, you know, it just vanished. So uh, it, it's it's to me um, healing the body is one of the easier things to do in life, and uh, I really enjoy it. I often say to Walt you know, I can't wait to get sick. Or well, you know, I'm trying to get the virus and he was the only person I knew who wanted to get COVID. I,
0: I still have quite trouble wrapping my mind around that one, but he managed you, to do it too, which is pretty cool.
2: You can make me number two. I, I was looking forward to hopefully getting it. Yeah. Let my immune system learn it, let it learn and let's move on. Exactly. Exactly. So
3: I, I was in the sauna. This is one of my sauna stories. So there's this lady there telling us about how traumatic her COVID experience was, a respirator, blah, blah, blah. And I was saying to her, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so dying to get it. You know, do you still have it? I want to get it. You know, <laughs> And she's like so horrified at the idea that, um, that I wanted to get it. And I was saying to, you know, I've learned about the body, I understand how to heal it. And I really enjoy getting sick because there's the transition between sick and well, and I love being able to move between the two. And, And all the rest of it. And then one guy popped up in the sauna and he said, what about all those footballers that got the vaccine and fell over on the field? And I said, well, you know, you can't compare somebody who understands the body and the energy with somebody who's super fit. They're not comparable. You don't know if this guy's got a lot of negativity at home and his wife or a lot of stress and he can't pay the mortgage or whatever. He might be super fit, but you don't know what's going on in in his ability and where he is. And um, then as I walked out the door, this lady said to me, well, I hope you get COVID. And I said, thank you. And <laughs> I, b- I bumped into her um, about a week or two later, or, or maybe a month later, and I'd, I'd had COVID. I was going to go to a, a, a meeting with a lot of people, and I was asked to test. So I tested, and I, I had it on the small test. I sent it away to the lab. I made sure it was official, so it's on my records. I, I don't mind if anybody looks through my records. They can look at all my medical records. Um And uh then... I, I went and I saw her there, and I said, "Hey, you were the lady I was talking to about COVID." She said, "Yeah, yeah." So I said, "I'm I'm so glad that you wished me that I could get COVID because your wish came true. I got it, and I'm so excited." Uh, and uh, <laughs> and she said, "How was it?" I said, well, "I don't know. I'd, I'd really had no no symptoms whatsoever, zero, nothing, <laughs> nada, nothing." She said, "Well, well, well. Said, you didn't really have it." I said, "I had it." I really had it. <laughs> I had COVID. <laughs> I said, the only difference is the way you experience it and the way I experience it. That's, that's the difference.
0: I, I often and wonder when, when, when you bring this up, Louis, I, I often wonder, are we gaining listeners or losing listeners? I'm, I'm not <laughs> really sure. What's this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know,
3: I really wish people could have the level of confidence um, about their own health and their body. You know, it's, uh, I'm sure Doctor Vick understands that. Um, I don't know how you you deal with with sickness fairly easily. No?
2: Well, well, well. I was warning people like it's when it all came out, like trying to teach them about their immune system. And you mm. know, your immune system's so amazing. You don't have to actually get something because you have if you have a very good functioning immune system, mm. it can take things, break it down, where you don't get symptoms. You know, like when they're saying like people who don't have symptoms are the ones spreading. Well, you technically you can't spread unless you have symptoms. That just goes against. That's basic vir- virus that's virology. That's interesting work.
3: information. I never knew that. Thanks no, for that. It's
2: basic virology one hundred and one, right? So, my people who don't have symptoms, your immune system's taking care of it. You have a non-specific mm. response to your immune system that throws everything in the book at it. So, the only way a virus can replicate is if it gets in and then goes to the cell and starts creating a factory. This is actually old school immune system stuff. The new stuff that's out there now um, says that we already have everything within us, and everything's just a detox process. Uh, I'm still trying to grasp that in the depths of what I can understand. Um, um, but if you guys, for all the listeners and for yourself, Dr. Zach Bush is one of the head people. He's a medical doctor. He's an MD. Um, fascinating work on what he does. And I highly recommend everybody should listen to this guy and what he talks about, because it's really groundbreaking stuff of what he's um, unveiling and how he predicted exactly the location of where the next uh, virus outbreak was going to happen um, in the region. Um, just based on his parameters and how he looks at things. So a wow. long story short, yeah. Um, but the immune system is so amazing that it, it does not need to take in. It can pick up, break it down, and learn that way, too.
0: Well, this has been absolutely fascinating and well worth having you on the program. So, Dr. Vic, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for spending an hour with us and sharing your insights and your stories and so forth. It's been really great. And Tell people how they can find out more about you and your practice, your books, and so forth.
2: Yeah, um, you can follow me at my website, empoweryourreality.com is where you can connect on everything. The podcast is on there. I have all my social media. I'm at Dr. Vic Manzo on Facebook and Instagram. I post pretty often, um, on there sharing content and so forth. And, uh, uh, through the website, you can, my books are all on Amazon and the new one will be on Amazon and Audible or ebook. I got them on all Kindles and all those different versions. So, um, uh, but I appreciate you guys taking, having me on. This was a blast. Yeah. Oh,
0: it yeah. been great. Love Thanks to having you. appreciate Thank it. You. Yeah. So thank you much. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere and we will see you all next time here on Ellaway today. Goodbye everybody.